Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome back into another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself as we're talking investing, finance, and retirement. And mistakes that couples make is on the docket this go around, Phil. I don't know about you, but my wife and I never argue about Oh, no, 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 never. We always agree on everything. Yeah, so, especially yeah, money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially money. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm waiting for the lightning strike. That's right. She's listening. Watch out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, couples, hey, look, finance and money, it's usually the number one thing. It's the number one divorce issue. It's, yep. you know, it's the number one thing, even for retirees, pre-retirees. Yep. It's Absolutely. Always, Always an argument. So you've been doing this a long time, Phil. You've been helping family yeah. many years get to and through retirement. So I thought, hey, let's talk about some of the things you've seen and some of the, the hats that you wear mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to helping folks out. You know, it, it's funny you mention that the hat you wear because we always, not always, but I mean, if it comes up, we you know have a an, an interesting discussion. It's like, okay, if we can keep going down this path, I'm going to have to change my hat and I'm going to charge my consultant or my uh, counseling rate, you know? So. Yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it more to be, is, is counseling costs more than, uh, than yeah, yeah. your financial planning? Yeah. So let's talk about a couple of things that you've run into. You've seen through the many years uh, when it comes to couples, husbands, wives, getting on the same page. Cause a lot of times Phil, the first yep. time, not always, but the first time that they're really truly discussing this might be in front of an advisor because maybe sure. the dynamic is such that the other always agrees, right? Uh, and it's like, well, okay, whatever. Just to kind of, you know, we pick our battles when we're married, right? And so right. you're like, all right, I'll go along with that. But then maybe in front of you, they're like, you know, I've got this third party person. No, I don't think I'm okay with that. Uh, let's start with a one that not many people see much anymore, but you know, if you're still working government or whatever, that's mm-hmm. the pension, uh, the spousal benefit option. I've yeah. heard a million horror stories about people. Back in the day, I think now, Phil, if you elect the non-spousal option, um, I think both parties have to sign off, I believe. But I think yeah. it didn't used to be that way. Yeah, I mean, if you exactly do a single life only, take a pension lump sum, things like that. Yeah, you got to have it notarized. Your spouse spouse has to sign off saying, "Okay, I understand. Yeah. You're you're you know disinheriting me, so to speak, or whatever the case is." Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and but that didn't used to be the case. So Correct. making the wrong choice can really hurt. I mean, and oftentimes we see the big number and we go, well, that's what yep. I want. And you don't think it through. And it's like, da, 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 da. I mean, I've heard, I, I just I actually just t- started talking with a new advisor. I've got a new client that I chat with uh, and um, her husband, luckily almost, he didn't, he almost went that route. Uh, and then he passed away unexpectedly early. And she's like, I would have been, and it actually got her to change careers uh, and become a financial advisor and advocate for women because wow. of that. like it almost derailed her something fierce. So, yeah, no, and that's great. And I, I mean, run into that all the time. I've got a client that I'm thinking of now that that was the case that, you know, when they came to me, he had already retired and mm-hmm. that's what he did. He, you know, they, they ran their budget and said, well, we need this money and now oh, we're going to live both, you know, about the same age. So we're good. So he took single life only. He had the bigger pension. They were both school teachers. Right. And it was a couple of years, I was trying to think back, it was a couple of years pre um, meeting with me where we started doing the planning. Mm-hmm. Well, and by then now he had been diagnosed with throat cancer. Oh, man. and he had gone through treatments and I mean, it's in remission and they're, you know, treating it. But I mean, the, the reality is he probably has a shorter life expectancy yeah. than for sure what they were thinking originally. Yeah. And, and now, you know, we're planning for that, trying to make sure that 
when, you know, he passes because the chances are very high that he's probably going to predecease her. Sure. Does yeah. she now have enough knowing that that pension is going to be gone? Yeah. So you, you know, got so, to, you've got to talk it through and you got to make sure yeah. that you're making the right option. Uh, and that's one place. So well, there are couples will disagree over it. Um, we don't see it as much again, because pensions are on their way out, but yep. in the Metro Detroit area, you're definitely still seeing it pretty good. So uh, let's go to number two, the social security claiming strategy. Now this mm -hmm. is not just the turn it on at 62 argument. This is the yeah. argument that if you're married, what's the best strategy for both of you? Maybe one goes early, one goes late, so on and so forth. Yeah. So we, we teach social security classes, social security and taxes. I mean, that's one of the pieces that we get into all the time is understanding pros and cons, ages you can file, the concept of break even, how all that plays out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we're going through that, I always tell the class to make sure you understand that concept of break even it shouldn't just be you individually. Right. And more often than not, the, the case we see is that the higher earning spouse, maybe they're older, maybe they're not in as good of health you know, as the, the younger spouse, and they're thinking, well, you know, running the break even, I don't think I'm going to make it to that age. I'm only, you know, I think I'm only going to live a, a couple of years beyond that. Forget that. I'm going to get it early. You know, why would yeah. I wait? Right. Which, okay, that, that might sound great for you, but do you now realize that you've, you know, locked in this lower benefit for your surviving spouse that yeah. might live five, 10, 15 years longer than you? Yeah. You know, so to your point, yeah, you can't look at one spouse by himself. They've got to be you know, his or her benefit, you got to look at the combined options. Mm -hmm. And even if you are the higher earning spouse and, and you think you have a shorter life expectancy, very often then it makes sense for you to delay it just because you might not get the benefit, but your spouse right. would. Especially you know, if you're so, the higher income earner. So, you know, absolutely crank that number up as high as we can before we wind up, you know, leaving this place. And then because they're going to get the higher of the two. Right. When, when one person passes. So, and like we've, we've said many times, I mean, there's all these rules of thumb and concepts and, oh yeah, this is what we should do. You know, I'm not saying that if you're the higher earning spouse, you always should delay. Right. No, I mean, it's more often than not, that's the right strategy. You've got to understand your specific scenario, run the math, figure it out. What's the right strategy for me and yep. my, you know, for our, our scenario. So. Well, so we're talking about getting our husbands and wives on the same page here. And surprisingly enough, Phil, this third one kind of is funny to me, but actually, what do you want to do with your actual retirement? Which seems a little odd, right. but I think we have these general conversations, right? And so mm -hmm. again, it takes sitting down in front of someone like yourself before they wind up maybe really getting into the nitty gritty. Cause you could easily say, uh, well, he wants to golf and right. I want to see the grandkids. Okay, let's just, that's pretty generic. Well, how often do you want to see the grandkids? Where right. are the grandkids? Are we flying there? Are we driving there? How often are you playing golf or do you want to play golf? Because once a year is a lot different than once a week. Right. Which, I mean, you've got to start. That, that's where you start. Understanding generally what does it look like, but then you got to start to fine tune it and, and build that spending plan, you know, to understand, okay, this is what I want. Right. What does it take to get that? Yeah. You know, and that's where it drives me crazy. Sometimes you see all these <laughs> rules of thumbs out there, which, you know, for, for younger people is great. Gives them a general direction and encourages savings and things like that. But I was just looking at an article, I think it was on Yahoo Finance that talked about how much should you have saved at various ages, which, okay, yeah. that younger generation, I can get it, you know, thirties, forties starts encouraging savings. Awesome sure, yeah, idea. Fifties yeah. and sixties, it's still saying, well, you know, and the thing that caught me off or caught me off guard was looking at age you know, in your 60s, they, sh they said you should have seven times your earnings saved. I'm like, okay, really? So if you want to spend a similar life, you know, have a similar lifestyle to what you have today, mm -hmm. 
So you've only got seven years worth of income saved. Now, granted, I mean, some of it's going to come from Social Security. Right. I was saying, know, there's there's like other that. factors that plays into it. But it, it's, again, back to that general rule of thumb where some people are going to look yeah. at that and say, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I make 50000 a year, so I only need 350000 And, you know, I'm going to take my Social Security early. I don't have a pension. And yeah. all of a sudden, you know, I've got this wild dream of retirement and travel, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. No, I wonder yeah. if they. I wonder if they meant to do more like you know savings, as in like you know I don't know emergency fund or something. Because yeah, that doesn't seem quite. Yeah, I don't know. That math is not quite there, but yeah. But well, yeah, I mean, there, there's there's no shortcut to putting the hard work in and figuring it out. Yeah, it, it's and we talked about this in a prior podcast about you know putting that that off. I don't want to do it. No, the longer you put it off, it doesn't get easier. It just becomes harder and more challenging because you might have missed opportunity. Well, you know, the problem with a lot of anything with the internet stuff, again, and, you know, same thing even with our podcast, okay? I mean, you're a CPA. You've been doing this, you know, a personal financial specialist. You've been doing this for 30-plus years, yep. and, and every situation is different, and things constantly change. And yeah. anybody who's read any articles of late that most of the time that are posted on the internet, and even if it's from reputable you know, sure. places they're hiring people. I mean, half the time, just read some of these and you like the proofreading. You're like, wow. Well, you know, yeah. so there's, you got to take a lot of that stuff with a grain of salt too, because in that content filler, yeah. it's content filler. Yeah. It's great discussion point. It's a good start, mm-hmm. but to me, it's always, it's that, that's exactly what it is. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I always tell clients as we get into that, I said, there's two ways to approach retirement, right? You can, Look at the general rules of thumb, and it's kind of one of these, right? Oh, yeah, I, I think I'm about there, and I think it's going to work. Yeah. Or do you want to really run the numbers and, and know, okay, yeah, it's going to work, and this is how we're going to do this and this, and then start walking down the path, making adjustments along the way. Right. But at least you have a plan and you understand in, in your making informed decisions. Well, so. I, I think the the generalized looking at stuff is great for dinner conversation and right. you know, kind of just kind of getting the ball rolling. But that's when, yeah, then you take that information, you sit down with somebody like yourself and you say, all right, let's walk through right. the real details. Right. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's do number four here on my list, Phil. Uh, sure. Is it important to coordinate? We talked about coordinating a social security strategy. Is it important to coordinate individual accounts? So um, her 401k and you know his Roth and so on and so forth. A- absolutely. And, and this is where it kind of depends on the, the scenario with husband and wife and okay. understanding, you know, um, I guess, their relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if they, if husband and wife both have been career individuals and kind of manage things separately, right. they're used to that and, and they want to kind of maintain that in retirement, which is fine. If, if that's what their goal is, sure. you know, we, we look at it from a household standpoint, still making sure we're, we're coordinating, but then building more individualized plans to what they're trying to do to keep things separate. Right. You know, but um, it really comes down to understanding their scenario. You can't just ignore you know, ones versus the others and, and have totally separate plans because at the end of the day, you're not separate, you're married. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things happen together, like filing a tax return, you know, so right. all that has to be built in as one. And then you can individualize and, and kind of customize how that works in the different accounts for husband and wife, because risk tolerance sometimes is different. And you know, there's a lot of different factors that play into those individual accounts, but yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Cause a lot of times we think about, you know, those are separate accounts, right? So right. it's like, at what point do we start? I guess we're not combining those, right? We're just talking about the strategy of how to deliver the money. Correct. Yeah. You can't combine them, especially IRAs. They're right, individual. Right, right. It's not like we can put them into one account. 
Right. You know, they're definitely individually have to maintain them separately, um, but you can't totally ignore it. I mean, and I've, I've run into this right. before where, you know, one spouse is maybe the higher earner and, and they have the majority of the assets and, you know, the other spouses, they've always done their own thing and they, you know, they don't have as much, but, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to take care of all the major bills and, you know, then this is the money that that spouse needs to live on. And well, they've already filed for social security because they needed it. And, you know, they're mm-hmm. taking this amount out of the IRA and they're, you know, they're, we're, we don't worry about that. They're okay. there. We're, we're looking at this. I'm like, Oh, that's great. But what they're doing affects you tax wise. So we've got to look yeah. at the big picture. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because a lot of people do divide and conquer, you know, right. I, I just turned 50. My wife is 45. I pay pretty much all of the major bills and she does, you know, she sure. does like the insurance payment and the HSA buys the groceries, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, and so we kind of divide things that way. But to your point, yeah, it, it, we have kind of an overarching theme uh, structured plan for what we're going to do. In right. So, yeah. And, and I run into that all the time where, you know, a married couple is kind of used to that during working careers of one, right, yeah, right. you know, you take care of these bills, I'm doing these and, and you kind of run that way and you do your own thing. But now you get into retirement. Okay, we need X amount a month. Well, it's coming out of your account. Yeah, well, no, we it's got, not. Yeah, right, <laughs> Who's yeah. accounts coming out of? You know, <laughs> that's, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. We'll have to talk about that, Phil, because I can yeah. see like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's doing what? Yeah. I thought you were saving for retirement for that. <laughs> well, to the point. That's a great point, though, because I'm self-employed, a small business owner. She is saving more in a retirement account through work than I am, and I'm right. paying more cash for home upgrades and preparing the house for retirement. Right. So right, there's a right. million ways that you can do this as a couple, but at the end of the day, you still got to have have that uh, an overarching plan that you can work yes. with an advisor who can be clued in on this so yeah. they, they know what you're doing. So, okay, well, Mark, if you're spending all your cash uh, or not all your cash, but if you're spending cash right now to, you know, uh, you know, retirement proof the home, so to speak, get all sure. the upgrades done ahead of time before I turn 60. Great. She's putting money away in the, you know, the HSA or the whatever. Great. Mm-hmm. This is how we're going to use that when we get to the next phase. So, right. And just make sure everyone's on the same page and, and understanding and good with that, you know? And, and, and I mean, that includes you as the advisor, right? In this, right. Thing. Right. Yeah. And that's where me as the advisor, I mean, I, I, I I'm not going to say I'm not going to do it. I'll do it, but it, right. there's going to be a lot of warnings and concern and doing it. But, <laughs> you know, let's put it this way you're not going to get the best advice by saying, well, just look at this. It's like going to the doctor, right? You can right, right. go to the doctor and say, you know, I've got this pain in my side. Right, and, right. But I only want you to look there. Don't you're not running blood work. You're not doing all this other right. stuff. Just, just look just, at just, it. Just you know, poke it around and figure out what it is. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> poke it around, figure out what yeah. it is. What's going on? You know, I mean, no, you can't. You can't limit the doctor to do that. You got to let them do what they're going to do to figure That's out awesome. if you want the right diagnosis. Right. You know, so. Retirement planning. That's a great slogan, Phil. I think you should go that. Poke it around, <laughs> figure out what it is. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, no, you got to get involved, right? So as an right. advisor, you got to have your advisor involved in those conversations. And again, oftentimes that's what happens when they come down a couple sit in front of an advisor for the first time. They really start to maybe open up more than they maybe they even did have done with their spouse. Because for my last one, Phil, and this is usually the one I think this happens on, is the risk conversation. Uh, yeah. For the sake of argument, we'll go with the stereotypes. We'll go with the tropes, whatever the case might be but maybe the husband is more aggressive and the wife is more conservative. Absolutely. Maybe just been going along with it, you know, fine, whatever, pick your battle kind of arguments. But now she's got Phil there. She's got that advisor, right? She's got that third party. And she's like, you know what? 
I'm not quite as comfortable with that much risk after all. So how do right. we deal with this? Yeah. And, and you have to understand that a lot of times couples are the, the same or similar, mm-hmm. but it, it happens more often, you know, than not where there is, you know, one that's maybe more aggressive and, and a lot of times maybe they've got more of the money. So they're used to it. They're comfortable with that concept of, you know, There's risk and, and yeah. you know, how, how it works. And another spouse is much more conservative, you know? So again, we, we look at an overarching plan for the household, mm-hmm. you know, what is that risk overall and what should it be? And then we can take that risk and divide it between the, the spouses where, okay, the more risky component that the, the husband, let's say is more comfortable with that, then we can make their accounts a little bit more aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. to match their risk profile and the wife a little bit more conservative, but still as a household, we're, on target with a risk that makes sense in their scenario. Yeah. So. And you've got to get them there on the same page, Phil, because yes. to your point, if you're designing a plan based on the fact that they're not being honest with one another, it could really blow up on them a couple of years down the way. And now you've reduced your time horizon and, and you're just complicating it. So it's great to be honest. It's really great to be honest in front of your advisor or with your yeah. advisor saying, okay, I know we talked about this, but if I'm being truthful, I'm not that comfortable with it. I mean, that's, this is the time to say so. Yeah. Don't, don't wait till, you know, the market crashes and, and <laughs> now you say, I told you so we shouldn't have been, you know, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's great bad, for bad scenarios, you know, yeah. to, 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 to let that happen good. then. So. Yeah. It might make you feel good in the couples fight, but it's not going to really do your account yeah. good. So. And it's funny to me, all the things that come up with this discussion with couples, I was just meeting with a couple the other night. And, you know, we talk about the house they have and they had just moved here. And, you know, what, so what does that look like in retirement? Is this the forever house or, okay. you know, and she's like, no, we're selling it. We're going to, we're going to downsize. And, and he's like, well, no, I thought we were keeping this and we're going to have a second home. And she, we never talked well, about that. You said we were doing this. And he's like, I wasn't there for that discussion. When did we, ha-? you know, this is just funny. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, here, a point of discussion. Let's make yeah. sure we talk this through and understand because that's a big difference, right? If we're planning for one house versus two in retirement, that, that yeah. can make a big, big difference. difference. And thanks for punctuating for whoever this couple is, uh, our yeah. conversation this week, right? Because that's right. It played in very well. Exactly the point. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that anything, you know, it's good or bad. It's just, but we got to get it worked out ahead of right. time. Yeah. There's, there's no right or wrong answer. It, it's understanding and working through the details ahead of time yeah you know, that's the key is ahead of time he can do his magic he can sprinkle his his uh tax magic on there that, that's right yeah it's all right all right folks so are you on the same page with your spouse probably you're probably close but sure. as we all know couples do uh, vary and deviate in their thoughts and processes so make yep. sure that you're not stepping into some of these financial mistakes that couples can make by talking with each other and including your advisor. And if you need some help, reach out to Phil. Uh, you can find him at philstaxhacks.com. That is philstaxhacks.com. That's the podcast website, but that also links you back to his main website as well. And you can subscribe to us there on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, YouTube, uh, all that kind of stuff. So we're con- constantly trying to uh, improve the show and just have little good conversations that hopefully get you thinking about some of these things so that you can go, hey, I need to discuss that with my advisor uh, or even get an advisor, whatever that situation looks like. Absolutely. So reach out to Phil. Phil, buddy, have a great day. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. You too. Take care, Mark. 
Appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts with Phil Putney. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.